It is the civil rights issue of our lifetime, school choice. You know, it's, it's so important, and I've talked about this a lot on previous podcasts, and I'll continue to write and speak on it. But we're very privileged today to have someone who has been a leader in the school choice movement for many years. He was once described by the Arizona Republic, Arizona's largest newspaper and a very liberal newspaper, as the architect of school choice. They meant that as an indictment. But former Arizona Senate President Steve Yarborough wears that as a badge of honor, as well he should. And he is with us today, smiling and being very patient as we got all our gear set up. Um, he's a retired board-certified family law specialist with 50-plus years of experience practicing law in Arizona. But he served in the Arizona legislature for 19 years, first in the state house, uh, in the House, and then in the Senate, rising ultimately to the position of uh, president of the Arizona Senate. In Arizona, they have term limits. And it was only the term limits that took him out of politics. Uh, he won every election that he sought and um, was uh, clearly re respected by his peers. During his service, he authored 95 bills signed by three different governors, and about 25 of those bills dealt with the issue of school choice, which is extremely uh, relevant, obviously, to our discussion. He's been named Arizona Legislature of the Year four times, he and his wife, Linda, have been married since 1968, so I think they're getting the hang of it. <laughs> and they have three, three sons and eight grandchildren. Steve, we're so glad to have you on board here today. Um, welcome, and uh, we have a lot of things to discuss here. You've been a, you've been a, a, you're a nationally recognized expert on school choice, and we appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's an honor, believe me, to be with you indeed. Steve, seriously, you've been you've been uh, you've spoken to other legislatures around the country. Um, you've helped pioneer this this field. My own view is that ultimately, uh, the Supreme Court's going to say that the Fourteenth Amendment requires that parents have the right to choose where their child's portion of what's called the primary state funds for education go. Um, we'll see. Yeah. But ultimately, that's, I would think that's the ultimate objective. And in the meantime, you guys are doing whatever you can do. And you have so many different programs. I wondered if you would be kind enough to kind of walk us through them. And incidentally, Steve is the uh, uh, chairman of two different school choice organizations, Arizona Christian School Tuition Organization, ACSTO, and School Choice Arizona, SCA. Uh, so he uh, walks... Uh, he walks the walk as well as talks the talk. Uh, Steve, I yield to you. Uh, what's What's been happening in the legislature? Well, some really, really great things have, have been happening. And last year, the Arizona legislature uh, adopted what they call universal ESA and became the first state in the United States to have a universal school choice program that's available to every student who wants to take advantage of that. And, and we are now seeing that uh, play out. Uh, last September, the law became effective. And so we are now uh, nine months in. And the number of students signed up for ESA has gone from... Now, what, is e what does ESA stand yeah, for, Very please? good. Thank you. Yeah. Acronyms. Uh, Empowerment Scholarship Account which is okay. simply the, the name that, that they chose. Um, but uh, since last September, we went from 11,000 students on the prior version of ESA 
to over 62,000 students are now signed up uh, for an ESA. I would suspect by the time school starts uh, in the fall will be perhaps uh, north of 70,000. And that, of course, is in addition to the 230,000 plus kids who are taking advantage of a charter school in the state of Arizona. So we have, we have that uh, group over here, and then we've now we've got ESA, and then we have scholarship tax credit or STO kids, and there are thousands of those as well, and they get scholarships as a result of donations that folks like you and I uh, make to a school tuition organization, and then they turn around and give scholarships for that. So, so we have this incredible. And Steve, I, I just yes. point of clarification: those donations are uh, you actually receive an Arizona tax credit That's up correct. to a limit on right. the, on those donations. Exactly, right? not a deduction, yeah. but a absolute yeah. dollar credit. for dollar, one hundred percent credit, and that's. Uh, that's in place. It has been uh, for 25 years now. Uh, the tax credits have been in place. Charter schools have been in place even a little bit longer. And ESAs now are, are certainly uh, flourishing, to say the least. Well, you've been a leader in implementing, the whole state has, in, in implementing these scholarship tax credit programs. How would you say uh, the programs, you started in 1998. How effective have they been overall? Well, they've been very effective. The total amount of scholarships that have been given as the result of people making these donations is north of a billion, with a B, dollars since the wow. program was implemented. So, so they are very, very popular. The organization that I serve as executive director uh, is in the neighborhood of $400 million worth of scholarships between the two organizations, one of which focuses on individual donations. The other, School Choice Arizona, focuses on corporate donations. And so we do both of those. What's the cap um, from Arizona tax? Do you have an idea? Do you, do you recall? There is no cap on the individual side. There is a corporate cap. There's a, a totality of donations that you can make altogether statewide uh, uh -huh. on, on the corporate side. So there's a restriction or a limit there, but no limit on the individual side. Oh, wow. Wow. Steve, as you know, there was a... Uh, highly contested, and some would say questionable election in Arizona, uh, Katie Hobbs, a Democrat, uh, a, uh, a minion of the uh, teachers unions, has been elected governor. Uh, and the result is that she has expressed an intention to try to throw roadblocks in your path. Yes. Uh, what do they plan to do? Well, there's several things that they might do. And as I, I mentioned before, they, they could do an initiative petition, but that's, that's a, a tough road to hoe uh, because it takes, like say, roughly 350,000 signatures and they failed to get enough signatures to refer the ESA universal bill to the voters there. So they, they could still try that. 
or they could try to flip the legislature and they only have to gain a couple of seats in each house and they could do that. And if that were to occur, the mischief would be incredible. Uh, I know Katie Hobbs well. She was the minority leader when I was president of the Senate. And uh, I know how hostile she is to to school choice. She really, really does have hostility towards it. And and people say, well, uh, she's going around saying that ESA is going to bankrupt the state. And that is one of the sillier things that anybody could ever possibly say, in my opinion, and, and I kind of offer this approach, if I might take a couple of minutes and run through this. Please, the, please. The, uh, there are multiple pots of money that are used to, to fund public education in Arizona. One pot is the state general fund, the money that the legislature appropriates. And that's the biggest pot, and it's billions of dollars that they appropriate, and they exceed the the uh, spending limit and the legislature gives them permission to do that. So that's the first pot. Then there's a second pot that is your local tax that you pay. And of course, if you look at your tax bill, you'll see there a school district and a number for each of the districts that you might uh, be in. And so that's a second pot of money. Then there's a third pot called the state land trust. And that's another pot of money uh, because Arizona has a whole lot of federal or, or government, I should say, government land. And 80 percent, 80 percent of the state is owned by the exactly. government. Exactly. Yeah. And and all of the proceeds from selling or renting that property goes to another pot that is exclusively used for public education. And then finally, you've got the potential of federal funds. So. You've got these four pots, and if you add them all together and divide by the number of students, we find ourselves with this amazing outcome, over $14,000 per student to attend a public school. You say, well, okay, but that doesn't mean you're still not bankrupting the state with ESAs. Well, it's pretty hard to do that when the ESA is from $6,500 to $7,000. The scholarship tax credit averages about $4,000 and has caps on the corporate side at $7,900. So the point is, how in the world is $7,000 a bigger number than 14,000. It isn't. So here's what really happens. Every kid that goes to another school and uses an ESA or a scholarship tax credit is saving the taxpayers of Arizona a whole lot of money. And so you can't get yourself bankrupted if what you're doing ends up saving you money in the process. So that's what we're dealing with. You know, the... The progressive elite, the PEs, they have to know these numbers. They have to be aware of the math because <laughs> math is math. Um, so what's the hidden agenda here? Is it just being a slave to the uh, to the teachers unions because it's a large voting the block? The teachers union are driving the bus. There's little doubt about that. And they have a whole series of, of other groups that are a part and parcel of this, Red for Ed, Invest in Ed, PTA. Yeah. They've, they've got a whole litany of folks. 
uh, all of whom have in their minds a vested interest in trying to prevent the, the development, the, the progress of school choice. Uh, they, I, I, always, I always wonder how much of this is heartfelt on their side and how much of it is just cynical. Just I don't know. Cynical. I, I, I don't uh, know the answer to that. But I, what I do know is that school choice is good for students. And that's what we ought to be paying attention to is what's, what's the best thing we can do for students in the state of Arizona. You know, everything we we're discussing here with former Arizona Senate President Steve Yarborough uh, has a, a ripple effect throughout the country because Arizona has been the poster child for uh, innovative techniques uh, to get that money into the hands of parents who can then decide uh, where their uh, child will be best educated. Uh, and so it's very important to understand that while we talk about Arizona here, we're really talking about the whole country. Different states are at different levels of attempting different things. Um, what is his name? Uh, Josh Shapiro in Pennsylvania, a Democratic governor, broke his pledge just uh, recently and uh, vetoed a bill that would have allowed some semblance of school right. choice or some greater semblance in Pennsylvania. Uh, but you have worked with the Ohio legislature and the Arkansas legislature. Tell us about what's going on there, for example. Well, Arkansas was really delightful. Uh, I, I went to Arkansas at the invitation of the uh, leadership of the Senate and the House and of Governor Sanders. And uh, I spoke to the legislature there, which is a pretty rare thing to have happen. And That's Governor uh, Huckabee Sanders. Yes, right? it is. And yeah, what yeah. a delightful lady she is. I just, yeah. uh, I admire her so much. And her chief of staff is the former deputy chief of staff uh, in Arizona. So I had worked with Gretchen uh, before ever oh, going great. Yeah. To, to Arkansas. Uh, as a result of, I, and I don't know that I had much to do with it, but nevertheless, I tried. Uh, Arkansas passed a really significant, probably... Uh, the second or third most significant school choice uh, package of legislation of any state, certainly a little bit behind Arizona and perhaps Florida, but nevertheless, very significant. They did that. And then Ohio just last week uh, adopted a major uh, plan as well, and I had some uh, influence there uh, along the way. But I made a list, Keith, and this, <laughs> I, here, here are here are the states that in the past 18 months have expanded either ESAs, scholarship tax credits, open enrollment at district schools, charter schools, or other forms of school choice. And that list, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Montana, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Utah, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and of course, Arizona. That's all in the last 18 months. Significant school wow. choice measures. It is. It is. So, it is. I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that um, uh, we find a, a national right buried in that 14th Amendment and we just uh, uh, require that these, you know, you know here's, the, here's the problem, Steve, and I think you'll agree with this. As you know, the Supreme Court recently um, brushed aside the affirmative action programs at major universities. That would be a non-issue if 
low-income kids got a decent K through 12 education. <laughs> That's right. You know, you're trying to solve it when they're 18 years old <laughs> rather than when they go to school, That's right. when they originally go to school. It's a little late. And then you pretend, then they then you pretend that they're doing okay and you pass them through and then they get into the real world and it's they find out, holy cow, I, you, this is, you know, way beyond my pay grade. Yep. Exactly. Very tough situation. Well, and we're excited because we are seeing this. I mean, I don't know at what point uh, people need to get out of the way and realize that school choice is is going to is going to wash over them no matter what they do. But we we are seeing it because I mean, you have nineteen states in a single eighteen month period adopt yeah. significant school choice legislation. I mean, that were they all were they were they all Republican? Uh, they are all Republican legislatures. We have not yet, not yet, but the day will come. Uh, and it might be uh, Georgia is sort of a hybrid, but it has a Republican governor. But we, we just saw a very uh, high profile black female Democrat in Georgia switch parties this week because of the fact that they were antagonistic, the Democrat Party, to school choice in Georgia, and she was sick and tired of the quality of their schools, oh. and the, particularly the black kids who were suffering from that. So, so she said, yeah. that's it, I'm done, I'm switching, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You may, Steve, you may have better numbers than I have, but I, I, I think the last number I read was a 62% of the American public support school choice. They do, consistently. Despite despite all the misinformation that's put out <laughs> that's there right. about it. Yeah, how, yeah. how 7,000 is somehow more than 14,000. Yeah, they have that kind of information. <laughs> well, yeah, the uh, school choice in its early days was accused, and I was, uh, I, I was uh, chairman of a uh, school choice uh, trust organization in, in Arizona for a number of years as well. And in the early days, um, the rap against school choice is that it was only going to benefit higher net worth people somehow. Uh, and I still haven't figured that out. I haven't. I mean, I was there. I saw the math. <laughs> we were looking for kids that didn't have any money. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and even if that was true then, um, the whole idea behind school choice is that is to make it not about how much money the parent has, but how much the parent cares. Uh, and, I, and buried beneath their resistance, I think also is an arrogance of the left that somehow parents are not competent <laughs> to decide where their children uh, might best receive an education. And how dare they? Uh, no. how, but, but, that's, but that's part of the, uh, the, the move yeah, left. But they may have reached the point or they're very close where the proverbial horse is out of the corral and hopefully the... School choice is just going to be an unstoppable force in America over the next few years. And in fact, I think we will see in the next three legislative sessions uh, in the United States, I think we will see this wave continuing. I don't think it's it's going to stop anytime soon. And I don't think uh, the Katie Hobbses of the world are going to be able to turn it back. The, uh, I repeat that, in my opinion, it is the civil rights issue yes. of our day. Um, how can a child compete if they don't get a decent education? And, uh, you know, I, I hope we get to a point where it's just uh, universally ruled that 
the money follows the child, yep. not the building. Exactly. The money follows the child and not the building. Yes, sir. You know, there have been some court, I wanted to ask you one other thing, us being, I'm a recovering attorney, incidentally, I'm no longer practicing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm um, retired but, as well. <laughs> okay, well then, great, two, two recovering. Um, we, can have, we can have our own 12-step program. Exactly. After the show. The, um, there have been some there have been some court cases though, yes. and it's been interesting. The road that you have traveled. Do you want to walk us through that I, uh, to I, yeah. give folks an idea of how this is up, this is being addressed uh, by the federal courts? Well, it, it has been quite a quite a road indeed. It it all started in Arizona after the scholarship tax credit bill was passed, and we were immediately sued in a direct appeal to the Arizona Supreme Court. You don't see too many of those. They took the case. It was called Cotterman versus Killian. But in 1999, they said, oh, scholarship tax credits on their face are constitutional. Well, then we got sued on what's called an as-applied basis, where they're saying, hey, we just looked at this, and 90% and of the kids who are getting these scholarships are going to faith-based schools. And so that must be a violation okay. of the Establishment Clause. And you jumped right to where I was going to go. And that is, well, wait a minute. 90% of the private school kids in Arizona are going to a faith-based school. And yeah. so, so yeah. What's, why are you surprised? And they're still accredited. They're oh, accredited yeah. schools. Educate, yeah. yeah, yeah. And doing a yeah. fine, fine job. And so uh, they, they sued us then in federal court. We spent 12 years litigating uh, in federal court, that case was called ACSTO, that's us, uh, versus Win, And uh, we, we went and we first won the case in the district court. Then we went to the, the Ninth Circuit. Guess what happened oh. there? <laughs> oh, well, I, you don't have to guess. Yeah, right? we lost. And uh, then we yeah. went to the United States Supreme Court for the first time, and we lost there as well, five to four. They sent us back to the district court. We went back there. We won. Then we went to the Ninth Circuit again. Guess what? We lost again. Then we asked for what's called an en banc proceeding. We had 27 judges hear our case the next round in the Ninth Circuit. Oh, we lost again, 18 to 9. But then we went to the United States Supreme Court a second time. It's unheard of almost to get a case to the U.S. Supreme Court once, much less yeah. twice. And the second yeah. time that we were there, we prevailed five to four and uh, Justice Kennedy wrote that particular decision. And what's interesting is every case, every school choice case that has gone to the United States Supreme Court since we did that in 2011, the school choice side has prevailed. I think we can probably close the door on litigation at this point. I think uh, two trips to the United States Supreme Court uh, hopefully uh, will be the end of that. And uh, we won't have to do that anymore because uh, the, the two recent cases, one out of Montana, one out of Maine, uh, both went the way of the school choice folks. So I think the litigation perhaps is done. Uh, I know I'm happy to be done with it after litigating the same case for 12 years. <laughs> well, um, but you're not done uh, fighting, and that's for sure. Um, you know, we've been visiting with Steve Yarborough, former Arizona Senate president. And Steve, I want to thank you for uh, not just taking the time to uh, not only share with us the Arizona story, but to extrapolate it nationally, yes. uh, because it's obviously a national issue. It's a human rights issue. Yep. Um, and uh, if it wasn't for um, brave men and women like you taking the heat, uh, 
for 19 years in the Arizona legislature, and now for many, many years additionally as a executive director of charter uh, school choice organizations, um, we wouldn't be as far along as we are. Well, and uh, on behalf of everybody, I thank you because uh, you're a good man and you do great work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Steve, thanks so much for joining us today. Folks, I am Keith DeGreen, and this is As I See It.